John chapter 6 is one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible because it shows Jesus confronting his followers and questioning their motivation for their commitment level. Many people see these verses of scriptures as Jesus being harsh or just giving a hard teaching. But what I see is someone questioning their motives and revealing that they don't love him, but they truly are taking advantage of him. Nobody likes to be used, and this includes God. Why are you continuing to see Christ? What drives you to remain faithful unto him? Are you motivated by your love for him or by what you need from him? Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of The Paradigm Switch, where we discuss modern-day problems for modern-day Christians. By sharing our personal triumphs and struggles in our faith walk, we hope to offer encouragement for you to continue yours. The Bible says we are new creatures in Christ, but in order to be different, we first have to think different. We hope you enjoy the episode. Well, hello everybody and welcome to another episode of The Paradigm Switch. We are the number one Christian podcast on earth and heaven's favorite podcasters. We encourage you to follow us on Facebook and Instagram, like, follow, and share. And remember, we encourage our heavenly family in Christ to renew their minds and to think right side up. So that is the goal for this show, for our episodes, is just to help you in this process of renewing your mind in order for you to experience the great life that Jesus died to give you. Now, if you don't know already, I am your host, Avon, and currently this is going to be a different episode because I do not have my co-host, Alex, with me. As he's mentioned in other episodes, that he is currently traveling and busy with work, and so, but the show must go on. And you know what? I thought, you know what? I can continue a conversation and... I can do it myself now. It's either the episode's either going to be really short or it's going to be longer because I don't have Alex as a buffer. But, you know, we're going to let the Holy Ghost lead and just see how this conversation goes about. And so today I really want to talk about how to maintain your faithfulness and loyalty to God. I don't know if you ever think about it, but faithfulness is a very important quality within the Christian faith. You know, it is important for us to make sure that we are doing our due diligence to prove ourselves and to maintain ourselves being faithful unto God and being loyal, not just to his laws, but just being loyal to him all the way. And it can be really discouraging sometimes to stay faithful especially in this society that's going, you know, around us, you know, wherever, wherever you are listening, I know we have some international listeners as well, but wherever you're listening from, I know kind of the moral, moral and association with the church is going in a decline. Um, Several episodes ago, we've talked about kind of this shift in the culture and how this generation that's growing now doesn't one doesn't want to be associated with a church. They don't want to be known to be involved with church churches, I would, I would say has negative connotations to them and they don't want to be involved in church and then just even being involved in any kind of school of faith or thinking of faith so that, you know, there's no faith there, then the moral decay and the moral decline is going down opposite to what God wants. And I would say I experienced this growing up, you know, if you don't know, to our listening audience who might not know, I grew up as a pastor kid, so all my life I've been involved in the faith, involved in church. And so I've always questioned or always question how what was the point of being faithful what's the point of staying faithful because I know for me I always walk the Christian life by myself you know especially growing up in school you know I to the best of my memory don't remember having like a friend who grew up in church and who was faithful in church as well or you know being diligent in the word as my parents was up you know raising us as much as we were doing you know in the you know meeting a friend like that at a church I mean at school I never really had that so I always felt like 
I was kind of alone and it was kind of discouraging in the sense of like, man, I don't have no like strong fellow believer around me that's going to encourage me, you know, keep me on the right path and not be distracted by the peer pressures of my, you know, schoolmates or whoever is around me. And I went through that season of just feeling lonely and not fitting in. And, you know, that made me question, you know, how or why am I even being faithful if I'm going through this? And, you know, there are many ways and tips to stay faithful unto Christ and unto Christ. But I just want to offer some options or, you know, some school of thoughts to 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 encourage you to stay faithful or, you know, help you to stay faithful that the Holy Ghost has given me throughout the years and what I have found works in my life. And hopefully this will work in your life. And like we always like to do, let's throw some definitions out here. Now, the, the definition for faithfulness is from the dictionary website says steady in alliance or affection, loyal, constant, trustworthiness in relationships. And that's in any kind of relationships. You don't have faithfulness of being constant, being loyal. That relationship is not going to work. And whether you believe it or not, you are in a relationship with God. If you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you have now entered into a relationship with God. He's your father and you're the son. And that goes for daughters as well. You're the daughter now. And you're in a relationship. And for a relationship to work, there has to be a good quality of faithfulness that stays within the relationship. Now, we already know that God is faithful unto us. We already know in the word that God says, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I won't abandon you. So God's going to do his part. So this episode's about us as Christians maintaining our faithfulness with God and staying faithful unto him. Make sure we're doing our part in the relationship. And whether you know it or not, when we submit to Christ, we are pledging our allegiance, our loyalty to him. As I've mentioned on several other episodes, you know, the kingdom of God is like a real kingdom, like the, the kingdoms of England and Spain and all that kind of stuff. And you've probably seen them on TV, like Game of Thrones and Rain or whatever kind of medieval kind of shows that depict of, of a kingdom or a monarchy where people pledge their loyalty to the king. And so the king expected their subjects to be faithful and to be loyal and that's the same thing with us. God expects his people to maintain loyalty and to maintain faithfulness unto him. But the problem that comes about is we have an enemy. We have an enemy that wants to test that faithfulness. And if you didn't know that faithfulness is going to be tested, it's all over the Bible. Where their people's faithfulness to God was tested. David's was tested. Abraham's was tested. Job's was tested. Peter's was tested. Even Judas's Faithfulness unto God was tested, and he failed, obviously, with that one. But if you're a Christian, your faithfulness to God or your loyalty unto God is going to be tested. So first, already accept the fact that your faithfulness unto God or your loyalty to God is going to be tested, and it's going to be tested outside your comfort zone. It's not going to be in a realm of what makes you comfortable. It's definitely going to push you to a whole new level that you weren't expecting or a whole new level that you weren't comfortable with that you thought you were going to be comfortable with. Now, you know, we see bad things happen to Christians, unfortunately, all the time. And I think sometimes, you know, because we're Christians, we think bad things aren't going to happen whatsoever. You know, just recently I was reading in the Christian Post, off the Christian Post website, that there was a mega pastor out in California who was dealing with the loss of his wife. And his wife killed herself, unfortunately. And they had five kids, small five kids. And then churches around in Africa, China are underground with the threat of death or even severe jail time. I remember I read a story years ago about um, a Pakistani pastor's wife who was pleading for people to help her husband who was in jail for, at that time, like three to four years, who was facing beatings and um, torture and all that kind of stuff constantly for his faith. 
And I, you know, when I'm speaking of persecution, you know, I currently, um, and not, I'm not like aggressively reading it, but there's a book I read every now and then, and it's called Jesus Freaks. And, it, you know, it talks about throughout history, several of the people who were martyrs and people who were persecuted and how they stood the faith. And in those challenges, they stood faithful. They stood faithful in their loyalty unto God. And it was actually their good pleasure to stay, you know, to go through those hard times. Because you know what? Faithfulness is shown through problems. You can't say I'm a faithful person if you haven't had your faithfulness tested. You know, just like with friendships, you know, I'm the kind of person where I'm friends with anybody. Like as long as you and I can get along, I'm friends with you and I'm going to be loyal to you and I'm going to have your back. But, you know, just because you might have other people, you know, against you or you might have other people talking about you, I'm not going to fold into that pressure of not talking to you just because other people aren't. I'm going to stay loyal to you because I'm, I'm a faithful person. So the, the, that's a, I don't know if that's the best example, but just something like that where your faithfulness is tested in that friendship. Same thing with our relationship with God. We have an enemy out there that wants to break our relationship or break our faithfulness onto God. He wants to break that loyalty. And I hope in this episode that I'm encouraging you to stay faithful and that we, that you kind of change your mindset on your motivation for being um, faithful. And the reason why I bring up motivation, have you ever thought about why you're continuing your faith? What is driving you to keep pressing on? Now, this isn't a question, you know, just for coming to Christ. You know, we all come to Christ differently. We all come to Christ um, from different backgrounds and different methods. Um, you know, you might come to Christ because you heard the message of hell, or you might come to Christ because you heard, you know, that Jesus paid for all your sins, or, you know, just the way you come to Christ might be a little bit different than everybody else's. But what is that motivating factor to keep you going? And motivation is very important in loyalty. So let's take a definition of what is what motive, the definition for motive is. Something that come that causes a person to act in a certain way to do a certain thing, the incentive, the goal, or, you know, the goal or the object of a person's actions, basically, in Avon's definition, the why behind the what. What is really driving you to continue on being faithful or to continue on with that action of being, um, or whatever that you're doing. So today's action is being faithful. And what brought about this episode of me thinking about this is like currently, I kind of dealt with you know wrong thoughts or a spiritual attack because I was currently trying to, um, get a new job or, you know, try to get that promotion or, you know, and stuff. And so it didn't work out. Um, I had two job interviews. The first one I bombed so bad. I mean, I was so embarrassed. I bombed it so bad. At least I felt like I did. I was stuttering and I'm not really a stuttering kind of person. And then my mouth was dry and then, you know, my nerves really got to me. I just didn't do a good job. And so I didn't get that job. And then the other job I was hoping for it to, um, give me a better um, promotion or a better level financially. And it didn't work out, so I didn't get that job. So I was very discouraged. You know, the devil likes to attack you when you're vulnerable. And just those thoughts came to my mind of like, Avon, why are you even, like, this is the devil's thoughts that he's putting, you know, in my mind of, why are you staying faithful unto God? Like, why are you continually doing this, this whole Christian thing? Because it's not working out. It's not working out. Why, why are you staying faithful unto God when it's not working out for you? And, you know, there's several things I've been praying for for years, not just the job thing, but there's several other things that I've been praying for, and for praying on for years and years and years, and it hasn't come to pass yet. And, you know, all those things were coming to my mind and stuff. And, you know, I had to, I had to combat that. I had to fight against the devil of I'm going to be faithful unto God no matter what. 
So I thought this would be a good episode for me to share with our paradigmers, our listeners out here. And because I know you're going through the same things. I know those things that you've been praying for, those things you've been believing for, standing on in faith. And you might be thinking, okay, this isn't working. And, you know, why am I doing this? The only thing I'm receiving is problems or the only thing I'm going through is issues. And this is not what I imagined it would be like, you know, being a servant of God or being a child of God. I didn't think it would (laughs) I didn't think it would be this dramatic or be this hard. But, you know, I'm hoping today's episode, you know, kind of bring life back into you and keep you in the game of staying loyal unto God. And so I believe a key component in being faithful unto God is having pure motives. You can't be faithful with impure motives. Now, that's for any kind of relationship. Friendship, boss, coworker relationship, marriage, platonic marriage. I mean, platonic friendship, marriage, romantic marriage, um, pastor with the congregation, any kind of relationship you can think of. Having impure motives is not going to lead to a faithful relationship. And I think an impure motive that is prevalent in the church today is the is that the fact that they are motivated to be faithful for God for the things that he can provide. Now, look, I 100% believe and stand upon in faith for, you know, the things that the Bible talks about of prosperity in the sense of like God would supply all your needs and that we are blessed and that God would bless us abundantly, that God would heal us and all these kind of things. I believe in believing for the best that God has for his children. But if your motivation is that I'm only seeking God in the sense of what will benefit me, only me. Now, I know we come to God also because of the fact we just don't want to go to hell. Now, that is a very good motivation to, <laughs> to stay with Christ because hell is eternal. The afterlife is eternal. But if that to me, in my opinion, and even Avon's opinion, that's very surface level. You need to be deeper. Let's go a little bit deeper than surface level of let me get what I want. Let me, you know, what am I getting out of it? Because that's kind of like a parent with their child, you know, at an infant toddler stage of like, give me, give me, give me. But you expect after maturity has taken place that after years of the child developing and the child growing, that there would be a little more maturity where that relationship gets a little bit more deeper, where it's no longer about just you, but it's a relationship that goes back and forth. What can I now do for you? And and what can you do for me? That it's just a mutual transaction between each people helping each other out. And I mentioned John 6 in my intro, and I think this is the best example of what I'm talking about, of having impure motives of coming to God and trying to be faithful or latch on to him. Now, John 6, if you haven't read it, you should go back and read the whole story in its entirety. I'm going to be kind of giving a cliff notes um, summary of it. Jesus had just fed the 5,000 people. And 5,000 men, you know, there's always that debate of, was it just 5,000 people or was it just the men that they're talking about? I'm not going to get into that, but he had fed at least 5,000 people. He and his disciples have now moved on to their next mission location. Now, this is when Jesus walks in the water in the middle of the night and all that kind of stuff. And the people of whom he fed the next day are looking for him. They're now looking for him and they find him with his disciples at the new location. So they find him, and here's Jesus' response. Here's, and it's just mind-blowing, his response. Now, this is John 26. Jesus' response is, Verily, truly, I tell you, you are looking for me, you searching for me, or you're motivated for searching for me, not because you saw the signs that I perform, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. 
that's a very interesting comment. You know, Jesus, you know, they were asking, where'd you go? All this kind of stuff. And Jesus is like, you're not looking for me because you saw the signs or that my, my power and all that. You're searching for me because you got something out of it. You got a free meal out of it. Now let's kind of put a modernized way of doing it. Jesus is basically saying, you're coming to me because what you, you got that house or you got that money or you got that, you know, you got that prayer answer that you came to me or you got that problem resolved that you were so fearful of, you know, that's why you're coming to me is because, you know, because you got something out of it. And the question comes, this is where the question comes, because this is what I was experiencing. You know, I didn't get the thing I was looking for. And I know sometimes, you know, you don't get the thing that you were looking for, you know, that you're seeking God for, or that thing's kind of been put on hold for a while. And the question comes, what if God doesn't give you those things or the things you have or the things you have, they're taken away. What are you going to do? What's your reaction? Are you going to leave your faith? Are you going to curse God and move on? Are you, are you going to quit being loyal unto him just because you didn't get your way or things didn't work out the way you wanted to? And it kind of reveals the heart of you of the sense of like, you're really, are you really in this for Christ because you just want, you know, his power. You just want things for you. And it's all surface level. You know, I hate the feeling of being used. I don't know if you've ever had that feeling of someone using you or just putting that pressure of you had to perform. I don't know if you've um, had that in the life of, you know, having to perform to do a list of things in order for a person to stay in a, in a relationship with you, friendship or whatever it is. I remember in middle school, there was this girl, I believe her name was Victoria. And I remember just from, I remember, I, I don't, I wouldn't say I had a crush on her, but I just remember she seemed like a really cool person. Everyone liked her. You know, she was a popular girl and stuff. I was trying to get in so I can, you know, be cool and stuff. So I remember in order for doing that, I would have to do things like, oh, I would have to give her maybe my dessert from lunch or split it with her or just different things in order for her to like me. Now, the problem with that is that she was taking advantage of me, that she only was nice to me in quotations because that really wasn't nice. She was only nice to me as long as she benefited something from speaking to me. She really didn't care about me as a person, but what I could afford and do for her. The problem is, even though God loves us, and this is the same thing how we treat God, that I'm only coming to you and I'm doing these things because I'm looking for what you can do for me. You know, what are you going to give me? Bless me. Do everything for me. And the problem I see with this sometimes, because, you know, like, I rem- like I've told you before, I'm a pastor's kid. So I see things from a different perspective than just a regular lay member that comes to church. I see things from more of a administration kind of viewpoint from, you know, being with my parents and all that kind of stuff. The problem is sometimes I see in the church is that even though that God loves us unconditionally and he is always faithful unto us, sometimes we, the general we of the church, love and serve God with conditions. What I mean by that is sometimes we're just serving and seeking God in the sense of like, I'm only going to stay with you, God, if you do X, Y, and Z, A, B, C, elemental P. If you do these things, sure, I'll stay with you. It's not I'm staying with you because you're king of kings. I'm not staying with you because you are the author of life. You are my bread. You are the bread of life. That's not some people's thinking out there. They think, and it might even be a subconscious thing, that I'm only going to serve and stay faithful unto God because he fulfills these conditions. Is that you? Really think about that. Is that you? Is your faithfulness to God dependent upon him doing things for you. And if he didn't do those things, because God, you know, God is sovereign. You know, he has a free will too, where he can decide what he will and will not do. 
So if he decides, no, I'm not going to give you whatever it is, are you still going to stay faithful unto him? Or are you going to throw a tantrum and say, you know what, bump this, I'm not staying faithful. I'm breaking my loyalty with God. Is that you? And, you know, in Romans 8.35, it's a very interesting scripture. It says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble, hardship, or persecution, famine, nakedness, or danger, or the sword? What's going to separate you from the love of Christ? You know, for years, I don't know what I was thinking. For years, I thought that was saying, what's going to break God from loving us? But, you know, as I've gotten older and mature, it's a question for us, the followers. What's going to break you? Is there, or even, is there something that's going to separate you from the love of Christ? Is it trouble, going through hardship, persecution, famine, going through a time without, nakedness, being vulnerable, danger, demons, death, the future, or even the present? What is it that, do you even have anything that's there that could separate you from the love of Christ? I don't know if you ever thought about that, but it's, an, you know, I'm the kind of person that I kind of like to think of every scenario like I try to like plan ahead and think a lot about a lot of scenarios, but is there something in there in a the sense that you have a condition that if God doesn't meet or if something happens, you're going to break your loyalty unto Christ? Have you really thought about that? There should be nothing that should separate you from the love of Christ because God is God and he deserves our full 100% loyalty and faithfulness. He's earned that. And I'll say it again. He has earned our 100% devotion. And as Christians, we shouldn't quit, ever should quit, never and that's what those followers of Jesus from John 6 did. When Jesus essentially was telling them, don't work for the bread. Work, you know, I'm going to find a scripture. Hold on. I don't want to say it off, you know, wrong. Jesus says in the 27th verse of John 6, do not work for food that spoils, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him, God the Father has placed his seal of approval. Jesus was basically saying, don't work for these earthly things like a car or a house or trying to avoid problems or all these kind of things. Don't work for those things. And they actually asked the question, well, what is the work we should be doing? Believing on Jesus answered, believe on him whom he sent. So because Jesus was saying, I am the bread of life. I am the one that you dwell and eat off of. Jesus explained that they should work to seek and live for him, not for what he can do for them, but for he himself, that they have no true life unless they eat of him, a.k.a. live off him, having faith and fellowshipping with him. They all turned away saying that it was too hard. It was too hard of a teaching to accept that they needed to follow him without that guarantee that they were going to receive only good things or only the things that they wanted because they try to throw it back in God's face, you know, Jesus's face that God, you know, gave the children of Israel in the desert, you know, manna from heaven. And God did this, you know, get, did all those amazing things, which is awesome that God did those things. But Jesus was saying, that's not the true bread. The true bread is me. Dwell in me, focus on me and love of me. And you'll have real life that can never be taken away. And the paradigm switch thought for today I hope you like that. I kind of came up with that as I was doing my note. The paradigm switch thought for today is your motive for your faithfulness to God should not be for the things, should not be for things. Let me read that, read that again. The paradigm switch thought for today is your motive for your faithfulness to God should not be for things, but seek and serve him for who he is. Learn to seek the face of God and not the hand of God. Who is God? You know, he's the bread of life. He's the good shepherd. He's the way, the truth, the life, the beginning and the end. And I just want to take a little moment of just saying why you shouldn't be seeking after things. Like I said before, I 100% agree with you 
with you and your thinking, you know, I should expect God to, you know, take care of my needs. So essentially he would give me things, you know, we do live in reality of, you know, planet earth, you know, we need our bills paid. We need food. We need water. This is what God has created us to kind of live off of a food and water. I don't know about the bills thing. I don't really think that came from God, but (laughs) I don't think bills came from God, but um, God knows we need these things. Even Jesus says the father knows you need these things. And so I believe 100% standing on the word for God to protect you from things like danger and to protect you from sickness and disease and all those kind of things. I believe those things. I confess those things over my life. You know, I don't get sick. You know, I'll say that as a personal testimony um, that God gave me a revelation about like just walking in health and walking in strength that I don't get sick. Like, honestly, I really don't get sick. And I stand on in faith on that, that I never experienced sickness again. And I, you know, I love it and I live it. I, I believe ever since like about high school that I just never really got, I never got sick. Now I got sick from eating too much or eating the bad things that that's kind of more self-imposed, but I never woke up and just had like a cold or the flu or anything like that. God has protected me and I've stood on in faith in that benefit of the kingdom of not walking in sickness. But those things, these things we experience on earth or those things that we are seeking for on earth, those things are temporary. Things are temporary on this earth. The things on earth, like I said, the things on earth are temporary and they can be taken away or changed at any moment. Only God is eternal. You know, 2 Corinthians 4.18 says this. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporarily, but what is unseen is eternal and God is eternal. And we need to keep our eyes and focus on him. And, you know, that's what the whole thing of Job was all about. And if you haven't read Job, you need to go read Job. That's a, I think it's a very relevant story all the time. And essentially the devil challenged God saying that Job was only faithful unto God for the things that God provided for him. You know, if Job was like rich, he was the most like the richest person in the land of that time, he had 10 children, he had a wife. And in that time, you know, the economy was more based on the amount of animals that you had. So he had a lot of flock and a lot of attendance and all that kind of stuff. So God truly blessed him in every kind of way. And the devil made the argument that he's only faithful unto God for the benefit for himself. Is that you? You know, you're only faithful to God for the benefit of yourself that essentially Satan was saying he's not going to be faithful to you if you take those things away, that he will not remain faithful to you if he goes through hard time. So Job lost everything. God took the devil on his you know challenge and Job lost everything. His um, kids died, cattle died, barn burned down, he lost everything. Not even that. His wife went crazy. He got boils you know, all over his body. He went through sickness, affliction, and all that kind of stuff. But Job stayed faithful to God because he loved or he was dedicated and loyal unto God that he went through all of that and didn't give up in his faithfulness and his loyalty unto God. And that whole affliction that Job went through, that all that was even, all that was temporary. It lasted for a moment, but it was all, all those things and those problems are temporary. Whatever you're going through right now is temporary. And I know it feels like forever. Trust me, I've been there. And you've heard my testimony. If you haven't, go back to the other episodes of I was at a job where I was believing for better. I was hoping for better. And God came through and he blessed me. And I felt like I was waiting forever. Looking in hindsight, five years, six years, wherever it was at that job, wasn't, wasn't that bad. It felt like it was <laughs> because I was so... I was so adamant trying to go to the next level or go to the next job, but it all worked out. But
but just you know like i said it's all temporary it's going to change the things on the things that are seen on this earth and everything is temporary they're able to change they're able to flux so don't be dependent on things don't be looking for things depend on the one who's eternal and that is god and so I just want to kind of give kind of a good motive that you should have or a good motive that would help you continue in being faithful and loyal unto God. I kind of gave you one motive that I have noticed within the church that will break your faithfulness or is not a strong bond. It's shallow level. You know, I'm going to say this real quick. You know, when Jesus was talking about the seeds, the parable of the seeds, he mentioned the one that fell on rocky ground where it grew up really quickly and, you know, it sprouted up really quickly, but it dried up. And the point of that parable was saying that those, that represents a believer that takes the word of God or takes on Christ or whatever you want, however you want us to put it, and then goes, then deals with problems and persecution and then dries up and is, isn't able to stand. And it says in certain ver um, versions of the Bible, I don't have it in front of me. This is just coming to me now. There are certain versions of the Bible where in that, parable that it says for that particular seed situation that the reason why it died and dribbled up shriveled up is because it didn't have deep roots its roots weren't deep enough and so that motive of i'm only coming to god because of the things i can get or the things that i benefit that's shallow you need to go deeper so when those persecutions and those problems show up in your life and they will come like i said faithfulness will be tested your faithfulness and loyalty to god will be tested so when that time comes, you want to make sure you are deeply rooted in Christ. And that motivation for staying faithful unto God is deeper than just shallow level living. So here's a good motive that I have found that the Holy Ghost has taught me um, in staying faithful unto God. Now, a good motive, um, or how I put in my notes, a true motive in continuing a walk with God should be not out of what you get out of it. You should continue your walk in trusting God because you love him. Now, this might sound strange to some people, but yes, we should love on God. Actually, Deuteronomy 6 and 5 says you should love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, with all your strength, with everything within you should love the Lord your God. And love is powerful. Love will keep you faithful and keep you hanging in there. Actually, 1 Corinthians, you know, the definition of love that says like love is kind and love is this in 1 Corinthians 13, to me, that's like the Christian version definition of what love is. And so I'm going to read you the seventh verse of that 13th chapter. And it says, love bears all things, regardless of what comes, believes all things, looking for the best in each one, hoping all things, remaining steadfast during difficult times, endures all things without weakening. And I personally like that part that says that love believes the best in each one. This isn't limited to just people. This can be extended to God. You might be having a situation in which it didn't go your way or it didn't pan out the way you would have wanted. But because you love God, you still believe the best of him. You still maintain your loyalty and trust in him. You know what? I didn't get those jobs that I was really looking for, you know, recently. But you know what? I believe that God has something better for me because I love God. I'm not going to think the worst of him that, oh, God is, you know, coming against me or God is out for me. No, I love God and I'm going to believe the best of him. And so I trust in him that something is good is working for me. But, you know, and this might sound strange for you, but that's how God views us or that's how God viewed us. You know, he he saw and believed the best in every single person on earth. 
rather than the worst. And the worst was us in our sinful state. He saw us in our sinful state. The Bible says, while we were yet sinners, Christ still died for us because God still, cause, cause God loved us so much. He saw the best that was in us or the, what we could be in him. The opportunity, you know, he believed the best about us. So your motive for your faithfulness to God should, should be because you love him. And, you know, I'm just going to share my, you know, I enjoy my relationship with God. Me of God, me and God have gone through so much together. I could never just back out of this. You know, I'm going up there in years. I'm close to 30 and I have been in the faith since about, I've I gotten saved at five, but I've been in a serious walk with God since about 14, 15 years old. And that's about 14, that's about 15, 16 years invested in walking with Christ. And I'm not going to throw it away over simply not getting a job. Is, is, is that the worth I placed on my relationship with God that just because I didn't get a job, I'm going to just throw away my relationship with God Almighty, the King of Kings, the author of life? No. Me and God have gone through so much together, through high school together, gone through college together. We have been, he's been there with me in my young adult life. I can't wait to see what me and God go through together in my next stage of life. As I enter my 30s, what the, what's the next decade of my life is going to turn out to be me walking with God? I'm deeply invested and faithful to God because I love him because we've gone through so much. Love will keep you faithful. Faithfulness is not, like I said before, faithfulness is not proven in the dismissal of problems. And I've had my share of problems. I've mentioned before at my last job, I had some things come up. And one of the things is I had a manager who came against me at a certain time period while working there. This manager came against me and was, <laughs> in my version, she was out to get me. But God, I stay faithful to God, doing things his way, stay faithful to God, believing the best and all that kind of stuff. God worked it out. And my faithfulness to God was proven through the presence of problems. You know, I didn't just give up just because, oh, I'm having a problem. I say faithful unto him because I knew, you know, God would get me through this. So my faithfulness was proven, is proven. Faithfulness is not proven in the dismissal of problems, but in the presence of problems. And this is going to take maturity on your part. Like I said, this is going to take maturity on your part to dig a little bit deeper and looking beyond just about you. It's going to be you taking, you know, the veil or, you know, the mirror off yourself and looking, you know, past yourself. And this is, like I said before, in an illustration, it's kind of like a, pa a parent-child relationship. Eventually, it's going to come to the point where, you know, the child has to say, you know what, this isn't always about me. What can I do to help mom and dad? What can I do? Or is my relationship with my parents, you know, deeper than just me not getting a PS5? And this is for the kids out there. I don't have time to play video games. But, you know, whatever it is, going a little bit deeper. You know, Jesus said in Mark eleven twenty two, have faith in God. It doesn't say so much have faith in his ability. or He didn't say have faith in his ability or his power. You know, even though God can literally do any and everything. But Jesus said, no, have faith in God. He's saying have faith in God's character. Have faith in his faithfulness, his goodness, his mercy, his love, and all the amazing qualities that make God awesome. Even though the evidence might not be in front of you, you might, you might be going through a problem or whatever it is right now. And like I mentioned before, of what's going on with different people in the church right now, you know, people are going through persecution. People are going to jail. People are actually losing their lives for Christ. And the evidence might not be in front of you, you know, like, you know, God is this awesome stuff, but I will maintain my faith in God and trust in God. You know, speaking of Job, Job said an amazing quote that has just spoken life into my life right now. Job 13, 15 says, though he slay me, yet I will continue to hope in him. Now, you have to, like, that is just such a powerful statement. Though he slay me, 
yet I will still have hope in him. Job literally said, even if God kills me, I will have hope and trust in him and his character to know that God made the best decision for me. I mean, that is an astounding thought process. That is an astounding level of faith right there to say that I'm still going to trust in him. Even if God makes the executive decision of, you know what, it's your time to go. I'm going to still hope in him that that was the best thing for me. I know that might be a mind blowing thing for you right now, but that shows the faithfulness of, of Job. And love says, you know, you believe the best about a person. And like this love, let the love that Job had for God said, I'm, I'm going to believe the best about God. And I'm going to trust you in these dark situations right now that even though this might hurt me, I'm still going to trust in you and have hope in you. This is all going to turn out for my good. Even Joseph said, what you meant for evil, God meant for good. And Joseph went through a lot too. He was sold into slavery. He was lied upon and he was put in jail. He was had terrible things happen to him. And he still looked at it and said, what you meant for evil, God looked for good. God was looking out for me. In the midst of all those things that Joseph went through, he still saw that God was doing the best thing for him. Now, I'm going to start, I'm going to kind of start wrapping things up and you know, um, everything like that. And remember the paradigm switch thought for today. I hope you like that. Um, your motive for your faithfulness to God should not be for the things, not be, not for things, but seek and serve him for who he is. Learn to seek the face of God and not the hand of God. Your faith and motive for following God will be tested. Joe's was tested. All the other figures in the Bible, you know, were tested. Abraham, Peter, even Jesus's faithfulness to God was tested. You know, in his fleshly self, he did not want to go to the cross. The Bible says he sweated great drops of blood. And he even said, God, if it's possible, move this from me. But Jesus stayed loyal and obedient to God to death. He stayed obedient and loyal to God unto death. And your faithfulness will be tested. You know, when I get to heaven, God's going to say to me, well done, my good and faithful servant. And that faithful quality is not just going to be something that God just says and throws it out there just to throw some sprinkles on top of it. No, that faithfulness was tested. Everything you went through in life, that was testing your faithfulness. So now welcome in my faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Faithfulness will be tested. You can't say you're a faithful person. You haven't been tested, just like in a romantic marriage. You know, how do you really know your spouse is faithful if they're not tested or, you know, had a situation where they could have done the wrong thing? So faithfulness, your faithfulness will be tested. But I hope that, to, that in this discussion today, that you will kind of re-energize or have a deeper level where those roots are getting deeper, where your motive for your your motive for your faithfulness is should not be so much in the fact of what you get out of it, but it's in the fact that you love God and I'm not I can't leave him. Just like that good friend or just like that good, you know, partner that you're with, I can't leave him or her because, you know, I love them too much. Have that same, if not deeper, love for God that says, you know what? I know I'm going through a hard time right now and I wish it wasn't this way, but you know what? I'm still going to trust God. I'm still going to be faithful unto God. I'm going to be loyal to him. I love him too much and I can't just leave him like that. I can't just leave him like that. Like I'm in a relationship with God. I can't just leave him like that. God's your father. God's your father and and you're his son. I can't just abandon my father like that. I know how it looks right now, but I'm trusting in him and I'm staying faithful unto him. And I just want to reread John 6, 26 because To me, this scripture is just powerful. What Jesus says, Verily, truly, I tell you, you are looking for me, not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. Because it was all about you. You looking for me because you got some benefit out of it. How much is your commitment level to God worth? 
Is it worth a fish fish sandwich like these people where if they didn't get that guaranteed, they're going to get that free fish sandwich? They were out of there. Or have you settled in your heart and mind that nothing, nothing, not hell or high water is going to break your faithfulness to God? If I have to lose everything I have, I'm going to stay faithful. If I you know, lose these friends or lose that spouse or whoever it is, I'm going to stay faithful unto him because I love him. And I'm going to and I can't live without him because he truly is the bread of life. Now, we've come to the end of the episode. I hope everyone enjoyed me um, doing it by myself. I hope I did a good job. Alex will be back soon. So don't worry, Alex will be back soon. But I hope our listening audience enjoyed listening to The Paradigm Switch. Remember, we are the number one Christian podcast on earth and heaven's favorite podcasters. Stay tuned for what we have next week.